Welcome to the New England Take to PKXL, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM, Concord, 101.9 FM, Manchester, and NHTalkRadio.com. I'm your host, AJ Kierstead. Be sure to check out NHTalkRadio.com to get all the back episodes of the show, as well as live streams. We actually broadcast live 24-7 at NHTalkRadio.com, including my show WKXL in the morning, so you can check out the rebroadcast of the New England Take Tuesdays from 6 to 7 a.m. This week, I'm joined by Nick Coates. He's the town administrator for the town of Bristol. How's it going? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so we're going to talk about your Bristol Broadband Now initiative. Uh, we, there's been a lot of talk, especially around the development of the infrastructure plan that uh, Congress finally got through after much debate before they dealt with the other two that are still in limbo at the time of recording. Um, but what was the uh, the Broadband Now initiative centered around? Yeah, so the Broadband Now initiative was it's really a culmination of planning work that we've been doing over the last four years prior to even the pandemic. And really, we're focused on trying to bring uh, broadband to the entire community. Right now, we have one provider in the community um, under a contract, but then uh, we've got other sort of disparate options. Um, and so what this really was trying to do is trying to bring a, a 21st century technology uh, to the town uh, in fiber optic cable, um, and then also at the same time, be able to facilitate um, wireless connections such as uh, 5G for cell phone coverage. Um, and then the other real piece of this is that uh, we're trying to connect uh, to the universities of New Hampshire uh, to be able to create a, a, a network that would uh, connect our schools, uh, the university and employers to facilitate workforce development. Yeah, I mean, it seems like the the primary force behind this is for economic development of the town of Bristol. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we we jumped at this uh, a couple of years ago on with the lens of economic development, but then what we realized is that there's a whole bunch of other pieces to it. And economic development is really kind of a broad term. It's not just about like job creation, but it's really about you know, uh, providing uh, health services to folks who can't necessarily get to a doctor's appointment. And, and when they can do that, they can be more productive because they're getting to the doctor instead of not getting uh, treatment. Um, it can also mean things like, again, uh, schooling. So uh, when people need to uh, go to school, either college or high school or whatever, um, that they can they can access their school, uh, which obviously education leads towards economic development. Um, and a whole host of other things, uh, really to just provide the, I think probably the most important piece of it is, is we have a lot of small businesses. So having them be able to um, have a service that they can connect to, to they can, so they can actually do their job and do their, run their business. Yeah, I mean, simple things like even just running a, a credit card nowadays, it's, it's entirely over data. Anyone that you go up to that's using the old school phone line ones, I mean, those are 20 plus years old that you see those. Those are just tremendously outdated. And they're also not secure. It's like you got to be running on encrypted data connection for anything like that. Absolutely. I think that uh, that's, that's the real benefit. So what we did is we ended up bringing in two – uh, providers. So one provider is, is on the public side, so it's really connecting our municipal operations um, and other nonprofit activities. Um, so, and that's connected with the University System of New Hampshire. Uh, and then the other piece of it is we brought in another pro- private provider, and that's really focused in on providing uh, high-speed internet to businesses uh, for exactly what you described and for, for residences as well. Yeah, especially nowadays, so you, you basically said this a little bit, but the economic impact is you also want the work from home 
crowd to be able to work from home and you can't do that on DSL terribly efficiently like my my family's all in central rural Maine and good god trying to figure out I like I'm in I'm kind of fortunate although it's not ideal in downtown Concord either because I mean we got we got uh, Xfinity and we got uh, consolidated and both both of them are expensive and inconsistent to put it nicely when it comes to what service you actually get but anytime I go up there to Maine and I'm trying to do zoom calls and do recordings and stuff it, it's very difficult and you need to enable the this 2020 soon 2022 uh, workforce to be able to to work and the students to be able to get a consistent zoom connection which is both up speed up and downloads it's it's a lot more than it was five years ago yeah absolutely and i mean we saw that a, a couple of years ago again before this all came about because and the reason why we were able to see it is because we are a community we're a lake community Mm -hmm. uh, and so we know that a lot of people come up to the community anyway um, during the week, uh, during the week, especially during the summertime. There's a lot of folks who will come up who have that job in Boston who are maybe kind of closer to retirement, but they're still not retired yet. So they're coming up to their summer home um, and they're trying to work a couple days a week up here. Um, and they just weren't able to get that consistent Internet connection. Um, and then we also saw that really with, uh, you know, just as as the pandemic happened, people switching to that work from home model. Um, and our population, people stayed, you know, they, they stayed here through the summer and they kept on staying. Um, and that's a good thing because it's they're contributing to the economy, right? They're staying up here, they're spending their dollars in our businesses. And I think it helped us um, really kind of keep a lot of our businesses open for business because we had that population that was able to sustain that, that, uh, that, that challenge. And for a very selfish reason for you being the town administrator for Bristol is you want those property tax revenues to be coming in from more people wanting to be at these lake houses. And you're in the lakes region up there. It's a beautiful part of the state. But if they can't be able to function up in the area, they're going to be only there for a little bit. They may just rent. They may not purchase property. Uh, yeah, absolutely. That's exactly right. I mean, I think the, uh, you know, the, the, there's really three pieces to, to uh, taxes in, in the state of New Hampshire. It's, uh, it's the revenues that you collect, it's the expenses that you put out, um, and it's the assessed value of the property. So, um, you know, if you aren't uh, growing at a good pace, then uh, you're not you know, having that strong base um, to be able to sustain what you want to do as a community. And, and, you know, we don't want to become sort of the next Nashua, but we, what we want to do is be able to have a strong base um, that we can lean on so that we can continue to provide the services at a cost-effective rate. Now, talk a bit about the providers you ended up partnering with uh, for it and what that uh, looked like, because the if I had to guess, at least when you're talking about the residential outside of the municipal aspect of it, because that's a whole other can of worms, especially because you're working directly with the university on a bunch of that. Uh, but how does that work? Because I I was a little bit plugged into the university when they had the initial fiber ring put in about a decade ago. Uh, that was a tremendous project that they had happen, but they didn't actually provide the fiber to the individual end users. Like they brought it to specific institutions, they provided service to the internet service providers or ISPs is the common uh, phrase for that. Um, but th there's that last mile is always the, the hard bit to sort out, especially in rural communities. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, the, on the municipal side, which I won't talk too much about, I think you captured it pretty well. I mean, that's, yeah, what you're describing is exactly that, that I-beam system that mm -hmm. uh, basically ran to all these institutions and the universities and connected universities. So we're plugged into that as a municipality, but um, from the fiber to the home component, 
what we did is we uh, got grant funds to build this project out. Um, we got CARES Act funds, uh, and then we got a Northern Borders Regional Commission grant. Um, and what we did is we built the backbone. So essentially, you know, the, the preliminary, you know, the middle mile, so to speak, which is kind of like the highway, right? Mm -hmm. And then the, um, once you have the highway, then you can actually start building the streets. Um, and then once you start building the streets, then you can start building to the homes. Um, so our project was uh, a hybrid. Um, so we uh, built the backbone, um, uh, connected off of some existing system, um, and then uh, created a, um, a ring, if, uh, if you like, around town. Um, and we built, uh, we started to build one neighborhood in particular. Uh, and that neighborhood we picked because uh, of the grant funding was required to basically uh, put service in where there was low uh, to no service. Um, so we focused there first, um, about 400 um, community members. Um, and then from there, uh, we went out to bid for an RFP uh, for an internet service provider. Um, and we, we received a bunch of different responses and evaluated them and you know tried to determine what their financial wherewithal was to you know, what their service model will look like, what technology they use, what's their, um, you know, what's their uh, thinking around being in the community in the long term. Or yeah, are they going to stay? Um, That's a huge thing. I mean, uh, yeah. that's that a big issue that a lot of communities ended up having with Fair, Fairpoint and such is they, they yeah. basically dumped the service and then refused to update any of the infrastructure after a few years. And with Consola, they dumped it. They're either rebranded or sold part of it. And now they're consolidated and no one knew like what exactly that looked like and nothing looks like it's changed. So it's very important for the long term planning. Yeah, absolutely. And we had we had talked to Consolidated early about trying to work with them on a project to kind of extend their network, kind of a you know a nice sort of matching program. But they they had other priorities. They decided that it wasn't something that was a priority to them. So we ended up going with a company called uh, Hub Sixty Six, uh, and they're a New Hampshire based company. So there's a total bonus there, right? Nice. So they're gonna they're, they're from here. Um, they have operations both in New Hampshire and Massachusetts, and I believe they also have operations in Maine and Vermont. Um, and they're they're kind of a tr traditionally they're a WISP, which is that sort of wireless internet service provider. So they do a lot of wireless internet service, um, but they also do a lot of fiber internet. So that was really our focus to them was look, this is a rural community. We're not going to be able to put fiber in every single location. So we're going to need a hybrid approach, right? We're going to need some wireless in some locations. Uh, and so they seem to have a match. They, they, uh, they're kind of a little bit past startup space. So they, they, they're really trying to aggressively build out. Um, and it was a good match. I mean, they're, 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 we were just looking at some uh, speeds the other day and somebody's got uh, in their home, they've got close to a gigabit speed up and down, which is amazing. Wow. Yeah, that's very that's very hard to find in New Hampshire, especially. I mean, like I said, I've ranted multiple times in my interviews with the New Hampshire Bulletin folks for WKX in the morning. Is uh, I'm down. I'm literally on Main Street in Concord, and I can't get fiber. I I deal with um, Xfinity's mediocre back and forth when it comes to to bandwidth and maybe five megabit upload. So, like, if I had fiber here. As a media media producer, I'd be able to live stream. I'd be able to upload just countless hours of video and not even think twice about it. But I, it's literally impossible from a logistics standpoint for me. Exactly, you're you're describing exactly the type of person that we want in our community. You're the type of person that we want in our community. The person who's who's tech savvy, who's who's got uh, some real interest in trying to grow their business and grow what they're trying to do. Um, and try to make uh, make something happen. And um, those are the type of people that we want in our community to come here, contribute, and really kind of build build the next phase of our community. 
Um, and it's really based around technology and, and you know, that broadband system. So um, you're absolutely right. And, and we, we see that in our community. Like we see a lot of people who just, they, you know, they're just, they're looking at it and they're like, how can I possibly run a business? How could I possibly have my kids uh, go to school? How could I possibly do a medical appointment? If I'm getting like five up and five down, it just doesn't work for me. It just doesn't work for me. So yeah, that's it. We're trying to solve problems. And I think this is a, this is a big step forward with that. Yeah. I mean, what's the current status of it? I mean, what's a, what's your, um, the, the current amount of rollouts and what's the response you're starting to get from your community? Yeah. And we've gotten a very positive response. So, um, in fact, actually we haven't been able to keep the hub 66 hasn't been able to keep up with the demand. I think they've got something like two, 300 people who are on the waiting list right now, um, which is pretty amazing. And that's, I mean, they've only really kind of lit up the service over the last month, month and a half. Um, so I think it's going to bode well. So right now they're, they're, they're trying to work as fast as they can. And of course, like every, uh, like every business, they, they, the staffing is hard to come by and the materials are hard to come by. So they're, they're trying to do it as quickly as they can. And I can tell you the people that I have talked to who have the service are very pleased with the service because, you know, the speed is, the speed is awesome and uh they have great public uh great service you know so they're really helping out the community members i mean i'll give you an example they had a uh, individual uh we had an individual who approached us and, and said look i got a quote from consolidated communications and atlantic broadband um to put fiber in my house and i need to do it because i'm a i'm a professor at the, at the community college it's going to cost me a thousand to fifteen hundred dollars with these so I, I called up Hub 66 and I said, hey, can you guys help help this guy out? And I got a call back from them and they said, we did it for free. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's I mean that's the big thing that's been painful for anyone that wants to get internet service for the last 20 years, basically. I mean, it's been, um, especially in rural communities, because they won't provide the service that last bit. And uh, I know a couple of people in Vermont that are trying to take classes and trying to get a business going and is literally impossible for them to get to the state, the state of where they want to go, because they're going to, it's going to cost uh, so much for them to run the wire from around the block to them because you got to deal with licensing you got to deal with uh, the city or the county or whatever when it comes to mounting on all the poles and then when it's actually in the house like we couldn't in our building get the improved cable tv access because they didn't want to update the the hardware inside the house which is just it's not thinking long term to me it's a really poor business model if like if you if i have a good provider i'm going to stay with them for literally decades (laughs) Yeah, I, I, it's unfortunate because I think a lot of these companies, these incumbent companies, um, could really make uh, a good name for themselves and and really capture the next market um, as people are cutting the cord. I mean, it, but they seem to be clicking to this old business model of like we're providing television and we're going to provide yeah. uh, voice and um, you know you're going to get an internet service that's good enough. That's that's the that's what we yeah. hear all the time. It's good enough. It's like no, it's it's not good enough. <laughs> Yeah, um, it's going it, to we need basically and I, I really think ultimately from an economic standpoint, we really it, it sucks to say it this way, but there's too many boomers that still go on cable TV. But as soon as as soon as that goes away and that generation is no longer subscribing, so just put it that way, that business model has gone. I don't have a cable TV subscription. I pay for like three or four online services for music and video. I go to YouTube. There's ad based stuff all over the place. And now more and more people that are older generations than me are 
definitely beginning to take that up too. And they're, they're relying on cable TV because they just jack it up to whatever rate they want because there's zero competition. So right. it's well, very short-term thinking. Um, yeah, we spent a lot of time talking about that and really just trying to drive competition. We're not trying to put anybody out of business. We're just trying to put the, the town in a position where we're in control of the marketplace in terms of uh, dictating price and dictating uh, service. And, you know, the way I look at it is if these guys want to step up, we'd love to have them step up and provide a better service. If they don't, then let the marketplace decide. If the marketplace wants to stick with that model of, uh, you know, the old school model, then go all by all means. But I can tell you what we're hearing from a lot of folks. Um, and we had this conversation with Hub 66 pretty early on, which is that, you know, look, a lot of people are going to hang on to their, want to hang on to their phone. They're going to want to hang on to their TV. And like many New Hampshire communities, we've got a lot of old, uh, residents who are uh, older and kind of closer to retirement. And what we're hearing is that like, yeah, no, we don't really, we don't really need that. We don't really yeah. need the TV anymore. We want, we do want to stream. And I think, uh, so I think you're seeing it already and it's going to, it's just going to keep on happening. The more, the more we go through time. Yeah. What's the uh, future look like for this project and what, what's your hopes over the next like five years with regards to this? Yeah, there's, there's really two things in the future. One is that um, we've, we've signed an agreement with Hub 66 to build out the town. So we're, and, and I sh actually, I should say three things. We're building out the town um, over the next five years. The second thing is to partner with neighboring communities to do it with them. Um, so we're working with all of our neighboring communities to do follow the same model. Um, so that we have uh, growth there. And because, you know, Bristol can't do it alone, we'll be able right. to um, work together. Um, and then the third piece of this is, is we're in the process right now, we're gonna hear over the next couple of weeks on a $26.2 million grant um, that we applied for on behalf with the county um, to do this same exact approach uh, in, the, in every town and city in the county. So 39 communities we'll do this wow. in. That, that's amazing. And an added benefit when it comes to fibers, the more spokes there are connected to that fiber network, the less likely you're going to have outages. And it's a lot quicker to fix it if there's a, a large, if there's a break in the fiber somewhere, it's easier to pinpoint and lock it down. So that's amazing. And I, I really hope more counties consider doing this, especially um, in the northern two thirds of the state. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I should say, you mentioned Vermont earlier. We've had some very good conversations with the state of Vermont and the communication districts there about actually connecting into Vermont. So essentially what you'd have is you'd have a whole northern tier of, of Maine, New Hampshire, and Vermont that are all connected on this network, which again, as you said, it's, it's fail safe and now it's fast and, and people are getting it in places where they normally wouldn't have had it. So about a minute left here, I mean, in this segment. So if you're a resident in this area, I mean, where should people go if they want more information or if they want to see how they can get signed up on this uh, unfortunately long waiting list that will hopefully be short or quick? Yeah, absolutely. So they can go to the town's website. It's townofbristolnh.org. Uh, and then from there, uh, you'll see some information that says uh, Fiber Optic Project. Uh, then you just click on that and it'll it'll take you to all different links. It'll show you where the uh, project's located. It'll also take you to the website for Hub 66 um, and it'll show kind of the, the what's happening next. Nick Coates, Town Administrator for the Town of Bristol. Thank you so much for joining me. This, this is uh, really enlightening and I hope a lot more towns consider what you guys did to how they can uh, upgrade their infrastructure. I appreciate your time. Thanks for this uh, opportunity. I look forward to talking to you in the future. Yes, definitely. You're listening to New England Take and to KXL. I'm your host, AJ Kirsted. We'll be right back after this.